What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies Confess Fletch, The Good Nurse, and Stars at Noon. First, let's talk about Confess Fletch. Here's a quick synopsis. Erwin Fletcher is a semi-retired investigative reporter who is a suspect in a murder, and he tries to solve the mystery of who the killer is. The film stars John Hamm, Roy Wood Jr., Aiden Mayeri, Lorenza Izzo, Kyle McLaughlin, Annie Mumolo, Lucy Punch, Marsha Gray Harden and John Slattery. Standout performances. This is far and away the best leading performance that John Hamm has given in a movie. My personal favorites are his supporting roles in The Town and Baby Driver. Hamm is really funny in Confess Flesh, and I have in the past been somewhat critical of his other comedic roles. I did not care for him in Tag or Keeping Up with the Joneses. I thought he was a good host on Saturday Night Live, and because of that, he got labeled as this guy who can go back and forth between comedy and drama. For me personally, this was a big test to see if that was true, and he passed the test. This has been a year of Ham going back in time to the 80s. He played a supporting role in Top Gun Maverick, where he was quite good, and of course Fletch and its sequel, led by Chevy Chase, were also really big in the 80s. I'm not sure how most people feel about this, but I prefer Ham's Fletch over over Chevy Chase's. Ham is next going to star in season 5 of Noah Hawley's Fargo with Juno Temple, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Joe Keery, and is joining season 3 of The Morning Show. His next movie is Maggie Moore's, directed by John Slattery and co-starring Tina Fey. One of the best things about Confess Fledge is it pairs Ham with a lot of funny people, Roy Wood Jr., who most would know as a correspondent on The Daily Show, Annie Mumolo from Bridesmaids, and Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Along with them are well-known, established veteran actors, John Slattery, who of course worked with him on Mad Men, and Kyle McLaughlin from Twins Peak, who in recent years has given some really good supporting performances in High Flying Bird, Tesla, Capone, and now Confess Fletch. The man behind Confess Fletch is filmmaker Greg Matola. Matola is the director of two of my favorite films, Superbad starring Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill and Adventureland starring Jesse Eisenberg and Kristen Stewart. Both of those movies have a great mix of comedy along with sincerity. Matola has worked with John Hamm on two movies before this one, 2013's Clear History, a Larry David movie I liked a lot that also had Kate Hudson, Bill Hader, Eva Mendez, J.B. Smoove, Amy Ryan, and Danny McBride. I would describe that movie as a longer episode of David's Curb Your Enthusiasm. The other film, Keeping Up with the Joneses, with Gal Gadot, Ela Fisher, and Zach Galifianakis, I did not like at all. Ham was very funny in Clear History and in Confess Fletch. Matola seems to get the very best out of a comedic John Ham. Confess Fletch ended up being really good and considered a critical hit. However, the other side of things, the money side of things, did not turn out very well. This movie did not come out in a lot of movie theaters and was not heavily promoted. This was supposed to be one of the movies that helped John Hamm finally become the movie star many considered he would become post-Mad Men. I certainly hope he gets another chance to play this character of Fletch, but the future of this franchise is in serious question. When it comes to Hamm, he's a very good actor, but will most likely never be the type of person who can open a movie big on his own. I just want him to 
to continue to work with good filmmakers. And as for Matola, he's already made an underrated movie before in Adventureland. When Adventureland came out, nobody saw that movie. Now it's thought of as a cult classic. Confess Fletch is another example of why I'm frustrated by the box office. If this movie had simply just gone into a streaming service, nobody would talk about it like it was a box office failure. Really, the only movies doing well at the box office are horror movies, animated movies, and superhero movies. The way we should be judging Confess Fletch is based off of its quality as a movie, and I think it's a very high-quality comedy. I do want to take a minute and talk about the original Fletch movie, which I did recently watch for the first time. I liked it, but not as much as I like Confess Fletch. The reason being, Confess Fletch lets its other characters be funny, not just Fletch. 1985's Fletch has just one funny character, and that's Chase's Fletch. And that seemed to be a thing they did in the 80s, where you have one comedian be super funny in an otherwise deadly serious film. You had Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop in 48 Hours. Fletch is a showcase for Chase, while Confess Fletch is a funnier film with a better plot. Having not read the books, I'm curious who people think is the better Fletch. Let me put it to you this way. When I think of Fletch, I think of John Hamm. That says a lot about things. Like, when I think of Chevy Chase, I think about the vacation movies. I think about Caddyshack. I don't think about Fletch. I don't think it's one of his better movies. Well, this is definitely a top five John Hamm film. Overall, remakes can go one of two ways. They can either feel like forced nostalgia or they can feel like a fresh perspective on the original. And that's what Confess Fletch is. It's different. It's fun and has a consistent tone. It's an enjoyable, entertaining movie. And I don't say this about a lot of movies because I'm not a big fan of sequels. I would want a sequel to this movie starring John Hamm and directed by Greg Matola because I trust those two people to do the best when it comes to a sequel to Confess Fletch. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie The Good Nurse. Here's a quick synopsis. Amy Lochran is a nurse who befriends a new colleague, Charles Cullen, thinking he's a great guy until she starts to uncover how he's responsible for killing numerous patients. The film stars Jessica Chastain, Eddie Redmayne, Namdi Asamoah, and Noah Emmerich. Standout performances. For as good as Jessica Chastain has been throughout her long career, I think right now she's at the height of her powers. She's coming off of winning the Oscar for The Eyes of Tammy Faye and was brilliant in scenes from a marriage. People will watch this film and say she's not playing the interesting part, but make no mistake, this is a great leading performance. Early on, she was a more transformative actress. She's becoming more and more like a movie star, and I mean that in the best way possible. Chastain's future projects include the miniseries George and Tammy, where she will reunite with her Take Shelter co-star Michael Shannon. She also has the movie's Memory with Peter Skarsgård and Mary Weaver, and Mother's Instinct with Anne Hathaway. The two have previously worked together on the movies Interstellar and Armageddon Time. And lately, Chastain has paired herself with some great male co-stars, Oscar Isaac and Andrew Garfield, and the streak continues with Eddie Redmayne. For whatever reasons, there has been some unwarranted backlash towards Redmayne's career, and it seems as though it stems from the fact that early on he was an Oscar winner for The Theory of Everything, where he played renowned scientist Stephen Hawking. The next year, he was again nominated for The Danish Girl, 
a film he has recently sort of denounced. I'm a fan of Redmayne's work. I was first really impressed with him in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and more recently thought he was great in The Trial of the Chicago 7. Redmayne is at his best playing a real person, Stephen Hawking in The Theory of Everything, Tom Hayden in The Trial of the Chicago 7, and now Charles Cullen in The Good Nurse. Love him or hate him, you have to admit he's a master of the American accent. There is serious Oscar buzz for Redmayne's performance in this. He's given a few showy moments in this movie. Redmayne definitely gives an awards-worthy performance in The Good Nurse. Redmayne, like Chastain, has also had some great on-screen pairings. I loved him with Felicity Jones in The Theory of Everything. I thought he was really good with Alicia Vikander in The Danish Girl. And now with Jessica Chastain, the two brought out the best in one another and had the two of their better performances in their career. There have been numerous examples when two great movie stars come together and it doesn't work for whatever reason, but this is an example of it working. Eddie Redmayne was brilliant in this movie. Jessica Chastain was brilliant in this movie. This movie really worked because of how good the two movie stars played off one another. It's weird to say in a movie like this, but their chemistry is pivotal because Chastain has to convince you that her character trusts Eddie Redmayne's character so that by the time you realize who he really is, she's devastated by it. Same thing for Redmayne. You have to be convinced that he trusts her character. The director of The Good Nurse is Anders Lindholm, who was a co-writer of Another Round starring Mads Mikkelsen, and the screenplay was written by Christy Wilson Karens, who has written the movies 1917 with Sam Mendes, Last Night in Soho with Edgar Wright and now The Good Nurse. She's currently writing a new Star Wars movie with Taika Waititi. What's scary about the movie The Good Nurse is this is not a fictional story. This all really happened. A nurse, Charles Cullen, was quietly killing people and hospitals after hospitals let him get away with it. We all want to believe people in healthcare are responsible and believe the patient is the most important thing. Amy really proved it by putting a stop to what Charles was doing. She could have just let him continue once he was out of her life, but instead helped authorities bring him down. As human beings, we believe people in power will end up doing the right thing, but in this case, it was someone not in power, just doing the right thing morally. And it was a big risk. Charles could have turned on Amy and tried to kill her. I have been listening to some of the criticisms of this movie, and I find them to be laughable. I mean, people are saying that this movie is too straightforward. This was based on a real-life story. The point of the movie was to tell this story. It wasn't to make the movie more interesting. It wasn't to make the story more entertaining. It was to tell this story that I think people should know. For what this movie is trying to be, I think it's great. It's not trying to be something artsy. It's not trying to do something we've never seen before. I really do think this is an issue people have with movies. Because there have been so so many movies and we've all seen so many different kinds of movies that we all expect something to be so different than the last thing and not every movie is attempting to do that. All this movie is attempting to do is to tell this story and how crazy bonkers it was and it effectively does what it was trying to do. You shouldn't judge it against a movie that's trying to do different things. It's my belief that we should judge a movie based on what the movie was attempting to do and this movie was attempting to tell 
this story, and it did so very effectively, in my opinion. It's like Confess Fletch was attempting to be funny. It was successful in that endeavor, so I look at that movie as a success, and I look at The Good Nurse as a success. Overall, my interest in The Good Nurse was due to Chastain and Redmayne, and they didn't let me down. They are two of the very best performers working today. I think it's a big deal when two recent Oscar winners come together. The Good Nurse is thrilling and entertaining and tells a real-life story that I think people need to know. Let's switch gears one final time and talk about the movie Stars at Noon. Here's a quick synopsis. Trish, an American journalist, is having trouble leaving Nicaragua after writing some unflattering things about the country's leadership. While there, she meets David, a mysterious Englishman, and the two start a romance while on the run. The film stars Margaret Qualley, Joe Alwyn, Danny Ramirez, Benny Safdie, and John C. Riley. Standout performances. This is the first movie that Margaret Qualley has been asked to carry, and she nails it. It's one of the best performances of the year so far. You could tell from seeing Made, she's capable of playing complicated characters, but in this, she takes it to another level. She's playing a character in Trish who is lost and hopeless. She's also not the easiest person to root for, but Quali forces you to feel empathy towards her. There are a few scenes where she's drunk. It's some of the best acting I've seen in a long time. Quali has a lot of projects on the way. The movie Sanctuary with Christopher Abbott, The Substance with Demi Moore, and the next two movies from director Yorgos Lanthimos, Poor Things and And, both with Emma Stone. She's also been announced as one of the leads of Ethan Cohen's first movie without his brother Joel. I think in the next few years, Margaret Qualley will be viewed as one of the biggest stars on the planet. Let's talk about Qualley's co-star in this, Joe Alwyn, whom I've seen recently in a lot of movies, beginning with The Favorite, which I liked him in. I thought he had really good chemistry with Emma Stone, then Mary Queen of Scots with Margot Robbie. I've also seen him play morally misguided characters in Boy Erased with Lucas Hedges and Operation Finale with Oscar Isaac. And this year, I've seen him give three very different performances in the movies, The Souvenir Part 2, Catherine Called Birdie, and this film stars at noon. Alwyn is good in stars at noon. I will admit, though, I like him better in supporting roles. At this moment, I just don't view him as a leading man. Alwyn will also be joining Quali and Lanthimos' next movie, and, and he will be in an adaptation of Hamlet with actor Riz Ahmed. When Stars at Noon was first announced, the male lead was set to be played by Robert Pattinson, who had worked with director Claire Denis in the film High Life. Then he dropped out, most likely for the Batman. Then Rocketman star Taron Egerton joined the film as his replacement, and then he dropped out. It's hard not to imagine what this movie could have been like if one of those two movie stars were in it. Pattinson is one of my all-time favorite performers, and it would have been really interesting to see Egerton in something other than a big studio movie. I would have loved to see Pattinson or Egerton paired with Margaret Qualley. I feel as though the male performance that steals the movie comes from Benny Safdie, who is is given an incredible monologue. Safdie is best known as a 
director with his brother Josh writing and directing the movies Good Time and Uncut Gems, but in recent years, he has been in movies as an actor, Pieces of a Woman with Vanessa Kirby, and two made by top-notch filmmakers, Licorice Pizza from Paul Thomas Anderson, and this film stars at noon from Claire Denis. Safdie also has a role in the upcoming Christopher Nolan film Oppenheimer. He's also going to be in an upcoming HBO series The Curse with Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone. And the next movie he's making with his brother Josh will once again star Adam Sandler. After seeing Stars at Noon in her last film High Life, I would say Claire Denis has an immaculate visual style. What she's not great with so far in her English language films anyway is the dialogue. It feels clumsy at times and unnatural. This sometimes makes it hard to connect with the characters. I love the look of the movie, but also I like movies with quality dialogue. Really, the only character given noteworthy dialogue in this is the one played by Benny Safdie. Margaret Qualley is such a star, she's able to overcome her lack of good dialogue. I especially felt the dialogue issue when it came to Alwyn's David. He never said anything interesting in this movie whatsoever. Despite that, Denis was still able to make a really good, interesting movie. I just think it could have been great with better dialogue. That's why I feel that Robert Pattinson would have been better in this movie than Joe Alwyn because he can do better. He's a better expressive actor. He can be interesting without saying a lot of meaningful words. I just don't think Joe Alwyn is there yet. He is still good in this movie. He has really good chemistry with Margaret Qualley. I just think another male actor would have been better in this role. It's impossible to watch this movie and say that Margaret Qualley is not the clear winner of it. She was able to overcome the dialogue. She was super interesting. She doesn't need to have a great monologue. She doesn't need to say great things to be interesting. She is just endlessly interesting all on her own. She's at that point in her career. Joe Alwyn is just not at that point. I'm not even sure Taron Egerton is at that point. I would have just been really interested to see him in a role like this because we've seen him in Rocket Man. We've seen him in the Kingsman movies. I think this would have been a really interesting test for an actor like that that a lot of people view as a star. The movie itself is part romance, part political thriller. It's also a commentary on modern journalism. Overall, the things I liked most about Stars at Noon is the commanding leading performance from Margaret Qualley, the scene-stealing performance from Benny Safdie, and the cinematography. Stars at Noon is a very unique movie, and I mean that in the best way possible. I've heard people describe it as a slow burn, and I think it is in a way, but it's also really exciting because it's unpredictable. I think the unpredictability of it makes it entertaining and makes you interested in what exactly is going on. The movie does not tell you everything you need to know. You need to pay attention, and I think sometimes those are the best kind of movies, the ones that aren't simple. They're complicated, and Stars at Noon is a very complicated movie. And sometimes divisive reviews of a movie can be a very good thing. This movie has gotten mixed reviews. I know we all want to watch a movie that everyone loves, but I think the most interesting movies are the ones that some people love and some people just don't understand. I really like Stars at Noon. I'm one of the people who really admire this movie. I love the vibe of it. I love the look, and I absolutely love Margaret Qualley in it. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. 
I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and I highly recommend you check out the movies Confess Fletch, The Good Nurse, and Stars at Noon. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the career of actor Will Poulter and the movie Causeway starring Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry. So tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe. Subscribe.